One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family-owned company that does everything themselves. And they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Good afternoon. Dwayne here, Dry Creek Wrangler School. Going to try to make another video. I apologize for the confusion on the last one I just did, Living Your Dream. Uh, I recorded that one with the wrong profile. I had it standing up, which I've done before accidentally because I'm just kind of knob-headed that way. And after I saw it, I said, well, it'd be all right. So I uploaded it, and I guess YouTube has some kind of new thing. I don't know. They took it after it had been up for a while and turned it into a, a short. Now, I don't know how you can turn a 25-minute video into a short, but they did it, and uh, which messed everything up, messed all my count up and algorithm and where everything was. And so I re-uploaded it and then they took it, moved it back from a short to a regular video after I did that. I think somebody was just messing with me. I don't know. But anyhow, that's what we did. So I'm going to try to make another one out here today. Beautiful day. A lot of the snow, you can see behind me, there's still a lot of snow, but the snow is starting to melt off. So I want to do a horse video today. I don't have a horse up here with me. We're still combating the mud and the mire and the slush and the snow. And, and so the horses are down right now in a very small area that, that we can keep them fed and whatnot. So, but I got a, a class that I teach at the school. Now, mama, she's always saying, honey, if you put your lessons that you teach at the school, if you put them on the internet, won't nobody need to come to the school no more. And, uh, and but that's all right. I, there's some folks out there this might help who can't ever come to school, and I don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, we started this to help folks. And, and uh, so the, uh, the neighbor's dog doesn't come up here. The, the focus foundation of what we teach at the school, what I teach, the the direction that I come from is communication. I think that's, in my opinion, from my experience, that's where most breakdowns occur in a relationship between the horse and the rider. Of course, this happens between people and people too. But it's it to succeed with your horse, you need to build a relationship with that horse. Now, any relationship, anybody has any experience, anybody has any sense, knows that the key to any relationship is communication. Um, 
anybody that's ever been married or had a long-term girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, parents, siblings, co-workers, if you have any kind of relationship with somebody, that relationship to succeed has to be built on communication. Um, but we don't think of that when it comes to our horses. And uh, your horse is always talking to you. Now, he, you may not always be listening, or you may not always be understanding what he's saying, but he's always talking to you. Now, I like to use, I like to use this example uh, in the class, in school. Let's say you've got a, a pasture. Okay, let's say it's five acres. And you have two horses in that pasture. Uh, one down on the east end and one up on the west end. Your road from your house drives by that little pasture on the way to work every morning. Now, let's say you've got a long grain trough out there. And, and just because you like your horses... On the way to work, you stop every morning and uh, you get out of the back of your truck, you get a scoop of grain or two, and you go over and you pour it in, the, in that trough just to give them a treat as you go by. Now, what's going to happen? This horse over on the east end of that pasture, he's going to turn around and he's going to come in towards that trough. And your horse on the west end of the pasture, most of the time, this is what's going to happen. He's going to come in towards that trough. Now, at some point... As these two horses are converging on this trough of grain, at some point, one of these horses, and let's say the east horse, he's going to drop his head. Maybe only that much, but he's going to drop his head. And he's going to pin the ear back a little bit, and he's going to side-eye this other horse. He's coming in, he's going to look at him out of this eye, he's going to drop his nose, he's going to come in. Now, he just screamed really loud. Now, you didn't hear a scream, you didn't hear a yell, you didn't hear a bunch of swear words in horse language, but that horse just spoke very, very loudly. And what he did was he yelled across the pasture at the other horse, I'm boss, and that's my grain, and you wait your turn. And if these two have any kind of relationship together, what'll happen is this horse, his pace, will, he'll slow down, and he might stop. And he, he'll probably turn his head away in submission to this horse. And this horse will come in and he'll start eating the grain. Now, this one may then come in and depending on their dynamic, they'll have another discussion. But that's what will happen. They'll have a discussion. And if we'll stand there and watch them, we'll see this whole conversation take place. Now, let's say there's only one horse out there. Let's say just your old, your old horse is out there, okay? And the same thing. And you walk up, and you, you pull up and stop, and you get out, and you take that coffee can of grain, and you pour it in that grain bin. A lot of times what's going to happen, your horse is out there, he's grazing, and he's going to come in, and he's going to start heading in. And if you watch him close and listen, at some point, he might drop his head just about that much. And he might look at you out of the corner of his eye, and that ear might go back. And he just told you, that's my grain. Get off my grain. Now, what we do, because we don't understand that it's a conversation, we'll look at our watch. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to be late for work. And we'll turn around and we'll get in our car and drive away. Not realizing that what happened was the horse said, I'm boss, get off my grain. And we turn around and get off the grain.
And we do that day after day after day. The boss says very, the horse says very clearly, I'm boss. I'm alpha out here in this field. And we unintentionally, because we do not understand the communication of the horse, say, yes, sir, boss. I'll get off the grain now, boss. And we'll get in our car and drive away. And then we finally get a free Saturday and we'll go out to catch the horse to ride. And the horse isn't listening. And the horse is trying to do what the horse wants to do. And we're like, why in the world is this horse being such a little brat today? And the horse is saying, why do you think you're boss today? You tell me every single morning that I'm alpha in this field. And now today you come out and say you're alpha. Well, you're going to have to prove that something has changed uh, in order to take a step up in the pecking order. And it's, it's communication. Okay. The horse is always talking. We're just not always listening. Now there are, and I, I've been teaching, I taught all year that there's three basic things that your horse tells you. If you go to ask your horse to do something, whether it's go to ask him to get in a horse trailer. Okay. Uh, ask him to, to cross the stream with you. Um, ask him to, to, uh, maybe you ask him to collect up. You, maybe you ask him to do easy loping circles, something. You ask your horse to do something, your horse doesn't do it, all right? Um, there are four things that your horse might be telling you, one of four things. Now, you, we could break it down and get way more complex, but we're, we're keeping it simple, okay? Um, he might be saying, I don't understand what it is you're asking, okay? Sometimes we go out there and we ask the horse to do something. We ask the horse to do a maneuver that we have not properly introduced to the horse and we have not explained to them. And we ask them to do something and they're like, what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what you're asking. They're not being rebellious. They're not being a jerk. They're not, they, they just, they don't understand. They don't get it. And so the problem is ours. Responsibility, listen to this. Okay, take this, and this goes all through life. And some of you are going to disagree, but those of you who disagree are those of you who are always looking to put the blame on somebody else. The responsibility of proper communication lies with the communicator, not the communicatee. Those may not be real words, but they are today, all right? If you're trying to communicate something and they don't understand it, it's your responsibility to communicate it in a different manner so that they can understand it, whether it's people or horses or puppies, dogs, whatever it is. If you're trying to communicate something and they're not understanding it, they didn't ask you to communicate. They didn't ask you for any of this. So if you come out there and you say, hey, this is what I want you to do, and you do not say that in a manner that they can understand, that's your responsibility. So your horse may be saying, I, I don't, I don't understand what it, what it is you, you want me to do. The other thing they may be saying is, I'm afraid. Now, our number one responsibility as horsemen is to remove the fear from the horse. So you take a horse that doesn't have any experience in this at all, and you go up and you lead them up and you try to get them to go into a horse trailer. Now, maybe we've got a, a bumper pull 14 foot older horse trailer that's kind of rattly because they a lot of times they are they're, they're rattly and uh they're close they're not very big there's not much light and so we lead up to a small dark 
noisy, rattly box that's on old springs that shakes when we get in it, much less when our 800-pound horse tries to get in it. And we tell this inexperienced horse, this animal that is a prey animal, that his instinct says everything's trying to eat you. And so your survival is dependent on your eyes, your vision all the way around, and your feet to get away. Well, I, what I want you to do is I want you to climb in that box. And they're going to say, you're out of your ever-loving mind. I ain't a getting in that box. Uh, I get in that box and somebody's going to come in there with a fork and try to eat me and I can't get away. And that thing is rattling. It's noisy. It's dark. I can't see. I'm not getting in that box. And they're afraid. They're not being stubborn out of just being pig-headed. They're not being hard to get along with. They're not stupid. The, the stupid one is the one standing out there pulling on a rope, whacking on with a flag saying, you stupid horse. The horse is not the stupid one in that situation, okay? So maybe the horse is saying, I don't understand. Maybe the horse is saying, uh, I understand what you're asking me to do, but I sure don't know why, and that looks very uh, dangerous to me, and, and I'm, afraid, I'm, I'm afraid to do that. A horse cannot see. They do not, because their eyes are totally different from ours, they don't have the same depth of field that we do. So you ride a horse up to what you see is an 18-inch little stream that's only four inches deep, and you try to you try to kayak them across that stream, and they stop, and they snort, and they carry on, and they put their head down. You notice they always put their head down low? That's because they're trying to discern how deep that is. They, that might be bottomless for all they know. They, do, they don't see what you see, okay? And so they don't understand or they're afraid. Now, sometimes they'll say, the third thing is, they'll say, no, I don't want to do that. But there's always a reason why they don't want to do it. Now, sometimes, sometimes it is just pig-headed laziness. I don't want to ride today. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go up that hill. Um... But it's important to you to know that that is actually what they're saying. And it doesn't hurt to actually take the time to stop and be understanding of why they're saying it. They're barn seller. I'm not leaving the herd. I'm not leaving the barn. I'm not going riding. And that's the fastest way in the world to get hurt if you don't know what you're doing on a horse that says, no, I know what you're asking, but I'm not leaving. And that could go back to fear, too, because they're herd animals and their safety is in that herd. And if, and if we don't listen and we just try to force them and just bull them away from the barn and away from the herd without communicating to them, uh, then we got, we got problems. So if you've got a small child playing in, in your living room floor after supper in the evening and, uh, and you say, son, it's time to go to bed. And he, he's like, no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to. Son, it's time to go to bed. You need to get up and go to bed. I'm not going to bed. Now, if you're, if you're a good parent, you will take the time to figure out why is he not wanting to go to bed? Now, it may be the fact that he's not understanding what you're saying. All right? If they're really small, that could be. Uh, and it, but it could be that they're afraid. There's monsters. I don't want to go to bed. There's monsters. Son, there's no monsters in there. There's monsters, and I'm not going in there. Son, what monster are you talking about? There's a monster outside my window, and he's tapping on my window, and I'm afraid, and I'm not going in. I'm not going to bed. 
So you pick the little rascal up. Well, let's let's go let's go check it out. You go in there, and you open the curtain and you raise the window, and the tree that's outside the window, the tree limbs are kind of grown, and when the wind blows, the tree limbs tap in the glass. Now, if you had jerked him up and swatted his bottom and said, I said go to bed, you're a rotten dad, okay? Find out why. Now, he may be just saying, I'm not sleepy and I don't want to go to bed and I'm being my my typical terrible twos, two-year-old self. Well, then you, you deal with that a little different, okay? Uh, but you need to find out why. And your horse will tell you. Your horse will tell you why. Okay, uh, usually big eyes, head up, fear. Uh, a lot of times if they're angry, the head's down and the ears are back and, and they're, I just, I just don't want to do that. Okay, and, but you just need to work with your horse and understand your horse and learn to communicate with your horse. Now, the other thing they might tell you, and I didn't put enough stock in this, okay, uh, for the longest time. But as I go along, I'm learning just like everybody else is learning. All right. And if we ever stop learning, we, we need to sell the horses and get a four wheeler. All right. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever think you're to the point. You've got it all figured out. I don't care how many seminars, how many clinics you've been to. I don't care how many videos you've watched. All right. We're always learning. Your horse may be telling you, I want to do that. I understand what you're saying. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not afraid of it but I can't, I can't do that. Our horses, there are certain things that we ask our horses to do that they have to be in a certain muscle condition and in a certain shape to do, okay? And, uh, and I'm gonna give credit, I've mentioned him before, all right? I was watching some of Brett Davis's stuff, uh, A. Davis on here, and he was really deepened my understanding of this and, and brought it brought it out to where I understood it better um, on a much broader range than I did before. Now, let's say, let me, let me, for an example, let me say you're 35 years old, okay? You're no longer young, but you're not old either, all right? Um, and so you work, um, you know, I don't know, you, you work a regular job, whatever it is. Um, and I come to you for whatever reason, and I'm like, hey, man, I need 20 push-ups. Okay? I need 20 push-ups. And you're like, Dwayne, uh, I understand what a push-up is. And in my youth, I played football in high school, and we had to stay in shape, and I did push-ups back then. So I understand them, all right? I know how to do it. I'm not afraid of a push-up. I never had a push-up uh, haul off and smack me before. And I'm not opposed to do it. But Dwayne, I'm not quite sure I can do 20 push-ups right now. I'm not in the physical conditioning to perform the task that you have placed before me. It is not easy for a horse, especially one that's been out all winter, been grazing, is not in shape. Uh, it's not easy for them to collect up, get soft, and do short loping circles in the round pen. That is a set of muscles and that is muscle control that has to be developed, okay? Um, the horse's neck, the, the horse, their neck and their axis, it can be stiff. 
If you don't use certain parts, certain ways of yourself, it gets stiff, okay? And it's not limber anymore, especially the older the horse gets. Or a young horse that has never been in shape. You bring some 14-year-old kid in and his first time, you know, basketball, uh, playing basketball on the team, and he goes out there, he finds muscles he ain't never used before, all right? And so they have to be conditioned and they have to be worked up. Your horse is the same way. And so when you go to ask your horse to do something, he may be telling you, I understand what you're asking. It doesn't scare me, and I'm not opposed. I just physically can't do it. I just physically can't do it. And what kind of tyrant are we if we haul off with a stick or a set of spurs or spur reins and start whomping on this horse, demanding that they give us 20 push-ups at 35 years old, okay? So it's communication. And communication is something, whether it's between humans or between separate species, it has to be learned. You ever learned another language before? Um, it takes time and it takes practice. My wife and I have spent some time in Mexico. Uh, we spent two years in New Guinea and I learned the language over there. And you don't learn it overnight. And you don't learn it by just reading a book. You learn it from the book, but then you got to go speak it day in, day out. Day in, day out, you have to practice it. You learn your words, and you go out on the street, and you find ways to use those words until they become separate nature, second nature. And then you build more vocabulary, and you use that, and you build it. It's the same with your horse. It's the exact same. You're learning a whole new language. And you're trying to get your horse to learn your communication. But you expect to go out and do two hours of training uh, and then everybody speaking fluent. Mom and I went to Mexico for a couple months, two or three years ago, to stay with some friends. I studied Duolingo on my phone, tried to get ready. But I had nobody to talk it to. And I got down there and that was just a waste. You know, so you go in a, in a cantina and uh, I drink way too much coffee. So after a little bit, um, you know, you, you call the, the poor old waiter over and you say, hey, man, dude, I need to use the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? And he looks at you like you got a chicken growing out of your forehead. He has no idea what you're talking about. You're like, bathroom. I need to use the bathroom. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. So you get up and stand beside the table and do the pee-pee dance like some little four-year-old. Dude, I got to use the bathroom. Ain't, ain't like, okay, all right. And he points around through the corner and tells you where it is you go, okay? You just communicated. It was primitive. It was humorous, but it was communication. Well, you go home and you study. You say, I don't want to go through that again. And you pull your book out and you say, oh, that's the word for that. And so you go to another one. You're out a week or so later and you've been studying. You've been working. And, uh, been drinking too much coffee. The waiter comes over and you say, um, 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 baños, baños. And he knows that word. And so he points, okay, it's, it's down around there, out there. Okay. Well, that worked. What did we just do? We improved our communication. I communicated with him a little bit more sophisticated and he communicated back and it was, it was a good interaction. Well, over time, you go in a place and you say, uh, ¿Dónde es los baños, por favor? Uh, 
and he points it out, you just improved your communication. We will do that with people unless we're the typical ugly American that goes all over the world demanding that they speak English. Uh, but we will do that with people, but why will we not attempt and have the patience and the humility to try to do that with our horse? Hmm? It's communication. You're building a relationship with your horse, and you cannot expect your horse to do something that you don't have enough sense to explain to them what it is you want them to do. If you ain't got enough experience and enough ability to explain to them what it is you want them to do, you have no right to get upset at them because they don't understand it. Responsibility of communication is with the communicator, not the communicatee. Okay? All right. Give your horse a better deal. And by doing that, give yourself a better deal. All right? And work on your communication on your communication, little steps. You start with the pee, pee dance, you start with baños, and you end up with um, donde es, don es forget it, all right? Where's the dang bathroom, all right? Well, with your horse, it's communication. It's just communication. It's just, hey, right, hey, left, hey, whoa, right, left, whoa. And then as you build and you're able to communicate with them, then over time you work with your leg cues, you know, you work with your collection and they can begin to understand what it is you're asking. Okay. All right. So anyhow, hope that helps you a little bit. I got my uh, Charter Oak Connecticut shade out and that's what I'm having this evening. Usually this is the cigar I have of a morning with my coffee to start with. Um, they're, they're not expensive. They're a boutique cigar. They're hand rolled. Um, a lot of guys ask me, Dwayne, what do you recommend for my first cigar? I've talked about it a long time before, but I'm coming back around this for your very first cigar and for an inexpensive, but quality hand rolled cigar that won't knock the back of your head out with strength and flavor and everything. That's mild and smooth and smokes good. They wrap good. They're quality made. Um, the Charter Oak Connecticut Shade. Now, they have the Habano, they have the Maduro, um, but that's a really good one to start with, all right? So, um, uh, Shane Werda at CigarPlace.biz, they're still, they, those are my cigar sponsors on here. That's where I order any of my online stuff, and they're taking good care of me. And I've got more feedback this week, just this week, from guys who said, man, I, I got on there and, and ordered some stuff from uh, Cigar Place, and you were right, Dwayne, they, they took good care of me. And uh, so, you ought, you ought to check them out, and if you haven't tried the the uh, Charter Oak, uh, you ought to give it a try. And uh, for those who keep getting on here and telling me, Dwayne, you're steering the young people wrong, stop with the cigars, pound sand. Pound sand. Would you buy them a Dr. Pepper? Would you buy them a Coke? Would you give a kid a Coke? If you would, you have no room to talk. I'll throw this in before I go. I was hanging out with a buddy several years ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. He worked for Intel, the, com the computer chip place. And we pulled into a gas station. I said, man, I'm going to go get me a, a Coke. You want a drink? He said, man, I don't drink that stuff. He said, do you know what happens 
if we spill, if someone spills a can of Coke at Intel, do you know what happens? I said, no. He said, we have to call a hazmat team. He said, by law, we have to call a hazmat team to come in and clean it up. It's got phosphoric acid in it. He said, I'm not drinking anything that requires a hazmat team. Uh, anything that you can clean your battery cables with. Uh, so hypocrisy is an ugly thing. And lack of study is an ugly thing. Ignorance is an inexcusable thing. And so just, just stop, okay? You're not going to change anything. And uh, all you do is provide humor for me. All right, so wish you guys the best. Hope this helps. And uh, I think that's about it. So be logical. Be reasonable. Be safe. Have fun. And take your responsibility for communication seriously. We'll catch you guys next time.